Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on those social media sites at uh, No Clutch Nate, as well as my Instagram photography page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Andrew Duraski from the Protagonist Podcast and also Disney Animation Minute Essentials. Alrighty, and today on Man of Steel Minute, we we're talking about minute number 39, and it starts with um, Lois. I thought she was trapped, so that's what I wrote down, but I guess she, that entrance isn't trapped. She was just hearing noises. Yeah, that was what we talked about yesterday. I don't think yesterday. she's trapped. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the minute ends with kind of like a, a cliffhanger, because Cal gets into kind of like a skirmish with uh, one of those Kryptonian uh, droids. Did they security robot. Security, <laughs> security robot. The jail bot from Super Jail. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> does that thing have a name? Because I know we met Kelex and Keylor in earlier part of the film. Those specific ones do not. I think um, I don't. I don't think Kryptonians were actually keen on on naming them other than Jor-el because you know he was a crazy person that decided to have relationships with made up animals that he made and 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 robots that he designed but those were just called i mean at least the the extended you know film wikipedia page <laughs> which it kind of it's kind of silly cuz this the ship the scout ship isn't can, isn't actually called the fortress of solitude we just assume it is and it just you know the writers just kind of say yeah whatever it's still a scout ship but we assume it's a fortress of solitude it was misleading cuz yeah it is yeah, and they, and it, even more so with this robot because the page has it listed as fortress of solitude robot <laughs> when it is just a, crypt, a kryptonian security droid um so it's it's just dubbed just that fortress of solitude robot For, fortress of solitude robot yeah is it just one there's right? multiple, um, and and you know it goes back to you know the beginning of the show when we saw the uh, the birthing chamber robots as well. Like, there's multiple security droids and drones on this ship. Um, so wait, so was this robot always out and about for twenty thousand years, or is it just now like turned on? It probably responds to like yeah someone getting on the ship. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, it has sensors and everything like that, and it's got you know uh, a wide variety of of abilities that it does so it's like it's a security thing you know it probably noticed the maybe a heat signature or it's foot you know clark's footsteps and whatnot and it was like the door opening anything like that and it's like okay i gotta kick on and i gotta i gotta assess the situation Mm-hmm. huh and you said there's more than one so it's not just like one housekeeping no there's well, with, I mean, the, with the genesis chamber they definitely have the genesis chamber bots yeah, and I, I don't think that this is the only, you know, Keylor Kelex type robot that is on the scout ship. I assume that there's multiple that are either dormant or on different parts of the ship, and this one just happened to be, you know, closest to Clark's position, um, and all that, all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, it seems like there's there's a, a variety of them, unless they were, you know, destroyed in the battle between Kara and Devem, you know, and all that stuff, and there was only one it, that was left. But I doubt it's that. a big ship. Yeah, it's a big ship. It's a big ship. I bet there's more. Yeah, yeah, three hundred meters. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you would feel like, yeah, like those things should have helped, like, or, or, like apprehend Devem when they found it. But then he realized he has superpowers, so... Well, at the time, what, uh, 
if if you want to get into it like that, these <laughs> these security robots, especially once they put in their command key into the ship, they would know that uh, any being would be either Kryptonian or something else. And if it was Kryptonian, I feel like it's in their programming to not attack other Kryptonian beings, even if uh, you know they're fighting each other. And if any mm. other foreign being would come in, their response is to be a security droid for that purpose. So it would completely knock out the notion of harming or you know assisting any Kryptonian, mm-hmm. and completely override itself to to attack the other threat. Yeah. Um. Before we do see that robot, though, we're given this nice um, establishing shot of Clark inside the ship. Yeah. And it's a very beautiful, like, set piece Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I like kind of like the design work of this Kryptonian ship. Um, We're kind of, like, introduced to some more of the aesthetic that they, they planned for this Man of Steel film to just make Krypton seem extremely alien like. Organic, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of round, yeah. Like, like the hallways are completely rounded. It yeah. looks, it looks really almost like when you're in biology class and you examine like the inside of a cell, like, like mm-hmm. you almost get like those. those... Well, that's how cells got their name, Mark. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh grade or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I took a note that the this is just a really good establishing just as a Superman movie in whole that, um, especially for this universe, it, 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 the theme music hits. It's like you're, you're already kind of in the back of your mind. You're thinking ice world, fortress of solitude. I'm in Superman's lair and it's just like showing it to you. It's, it's, it's yeah. not even like shoving it down your throat. It's just beautiful. This is almost like, right uh, Batman when he discovers the bat cave. In mm-hmm. Nolan's, in Begins, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's good, it's good. Like like I said, the theme music is probably one of the best things that I could take away from this minute at at that exact moment early on in this minute. It's just, it's so powerful, it's so comforting. I mean, I got chills, you know, just just watching it minute by minute. But it just makes you think, Superman. It's yeah. just right in your this, face. Well, this really what. I get out of it is like this is like a taste of what the Superman lives film would have looked like, like this would have been that that alienness yeah uh, of the of what Tim Burton would have wanted for Superman, and this is I like this side of Superman, I like the outer space alien part of Superman, uh, as opposed to the American Boy Scout yeah of course. Like, superman yeah we're on that same page there um like i said my my the worst superman that i can imagine is the the super established boy scout um like dark knight returns superman like bald eagle no see i like that because he's that's almost like he's being controlled by the u.s government because his hands are tied at that point he can't go so it's almost like satirical like almost like it's it's the complete opposite of what you would think Superman would do. He's not acting in uh, the world's best interest. He's acting in America's. America's and who is Ronald Dr. Reagan, Manhattan. I guess. Yeah. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's like he, he has his full potential, but he, he at a certain point of time, his he still abides by the rules of engagement. He can't inter- intervene, but he's still, you know, that American soldier. Um I'm trying to think of, of a bad like like I said I think the my my least favorite depiction of Superman is from I think the Justice League 
show, not unlimited, but Justice League, and it's and it's only on some episodes where it's like you're too good of a guy. Like you just can't, you shouldn't be doing that. You you need to have the mindset of you have a league and a team to to lead versus where you're just like kind of just like there as as to as as the figurehead i don't like figurehead superman i see what you're saying Hmm. um but yeah i mean getting back to this minute this is also like uh, you know from the audience point of view that like we're discovering it and we're discovering this alien-esque uh you know ship and and this and this environment at the same time that uh clark kent's you know discovering it so we're at this point in time we're on the same level as clark like, we did get the beginning on Krypton, so we know, like, you know, what Krypton is and, and that it's an alien world, but we don't know what's going to happen in this ship, and we don't know what the effects of him learning this information are. So it's yeah. it's a really good point in this movie that, you know, everybody is at the same place. Yeah, which it, it does raise a question, like, would it have been even creepier had we had not seen the prologue? And... Yeah, this is our first introduction to Kryptonian technology. Yeah. Yeah. We've been even more terrifying. Definitely, I and I think they consciously did a different kind of Kryptonian technology for this movie than any of the others. A lot of the other Superman depictions, especially Fortress of Solitude stuff, is crystalline and a little more jagged and all of that. And you get that in the um, the Christopher Reeve Superman and the Smallville Superman and in Superman Returns and all of that. And this went for round kind of insectoid carapace sort of stuff. And that's, that's super different. It's a very different take on all of the Superman stuff um, and the Kryptonian technology. So they were definitely doing something different. I think it would have been, I think it would have been much more striking if we hadn't had all that Krypton time. Um, But I think it also might've been really off putting. Yeah, uh, Scott Corelli, uh, he suggested that you, if you had taken those opening 20 minutes and just moved them into the middle of the film and kind of like that. Well, we're, yeah, where Jor-El's describing, yeah, yeah we're, given the history. That, telling, telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. And so it would have been like a flashback rather than being played out chronologically. Yeah. Because now that I think mm-hmm. about it, the whole rest of the film does flashback, so that would have it would have yeah it would have matched it would just been another flashback but it would have fit because of the pacing Mm -hmm. um and then you get the exposition about the world of krypton whereas now we're we we know that's a krypton ship we right yeah and we know that kind Mm -hmm. of that kind of robot yeah yeah and and then we still like jor-el still gives an exposition about what happened to krypton and they show what happened to krypton in those first 20 minutes so it's an interesting way to structure it where you have that, that big depiction of Krypton being destroyed. And then here in the ship, you still get Jor-El explaining it as exposition. Yeah. yeah. So if they had kind of maybe combined that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They, should have, they should have combined it towards the middle. Yeah. Um, Scott also said where it was like, if, even if Jor-El didn't tell him, uh, you know, the, the history of Krypton and, and how, like, he was the last child and, and saved him and stuff versus if Zod was telling him that, you know, his purpose wasn't to be sent there, you know, that whole, that yeah. whole deal with, yeah, like, the, the dual father. Yeah, Scott suggested that General Zod be the one tell, to tell Kal-El 
the history of Krypton, so it would have misled him. Yeah, and it would have given mm-hmm. that conflict of between the two characters even more yeah. so, and would have made the end of the movie uh, more heart wrenching. Yeah, would have seemed more like a betrayal. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been really interesting. That would have been. I think he. Yeah, he kind of blew our minds. With yeah, that. he hit the nail right on the head with that <laughs> one. Because that. Yeah, that would have really just messed things up. And they, I think they they kind of do that. I want to know if they actually, like, if there were writers that actually had that notion and somewhere along the line it was turned down. Because it almost seems like they almost you can't not way. think of that. I yeah. mean, I know I didn't yeah. think about it until Scott said it, but it seemed like it came so naturally to Scott that it was like someone else had to have thought of yeah, that before. Someone, someone else turned it down. Because there's the sequence where Zod tells him that Jorel's plan was for him to rebuild Krypton wherever he landed. Yeah. And... Then he has to ask Jorel, "Is that what you meant?" But if instead, um, he doesn't really have access to Jorel that way, and Zod's the one that has to tell him, and and then Clark has to say, "No, I'm making my choice, not because my dad told me I could make the choice, but because I'm making the choice flat out." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, it would have been really interesting to see that. It would have played <laughs> more to the characters. Uh, developing as superman and developing his mindset of the character more than than we've seen and i it it would have been really striking if he had been like cooperating with zod and trying to smooth things over with earth governments or something and then he sees zod killing everyone and he's like no i don't want this like i still really care about these people and then having to turn that would have been a like yeah a different take on it that that we've never seen where he he is cooperating and friendly with zod and then has to turn away from it yeah it's like we almost get that scene with the whole you know ball pit of skulls sinking kind of <laughs> yeah, deal but like it's it's still it doesn't seem like it it's relayed to the audience and more of uh like i think that you know, i mean we'll get to the later on but like that whole sequence should have been more uh of a conflict that the audience should have seen yeah. about the Which, character yeah another reason like that would have worked out so well is because without seeing the prologue we wouldn't have known general zod was going to be well i mean obviously you know general zod's a bad guy yeah but seeing the film in that order like he's he's nuts and yelling that that he's gonna find cal like we know that he just wants to find and and basically kill cal el yeah and it's really just because of the notion that that Jor-El kind of, in his mind, betrayed the society of Krypton, where mm-hmm. it's like he just has all this pent-up anger and aggression towards just this offspring of of Jor-El. Yeah, he, he, th- yeah. he thinks Kal-El is heresy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 So he, he thinks that Superman is, is a violation of Krypton anyway. So he would never have, I mean, even if they had gotten um, the Codex and everything, I don't think he would have let uh, Superman live. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. As soon as as soon as they get what they want, they were gonna be done with him. Yeah, I think that's where they were going. Um, you know, even before what I think later on when when they're on the ship and they're taking out his blood and all that stuff, like they're they're meaning to kill him because they want the code. Yes. Take, yeah, take him yeah. out of the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, he says like, does he have to be alive during extraction? He's like, nope. He's like, all right, get him out. So did they did they get like a tiny portion of Codex when they take that blood out? I, I mean, this is like way outside <laughs> our minutes, but yeah. is that just like an element? And so it was like distributed across all of his cells. Cause I always thought it was like it, it, the first times I watched it, I thought, Oh, okay. So in like, if you get any of his blood, then you have the codex, but it's like distributed across. So each cell has 
a few uh, Kryptonian codes. It goes back to um, where in the beginning of the film, there's only the skull being used. Yeah. So yeah. then we thought maybe there are other parts being used elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. um, again, like body of Christ kind of thing. So, but so do they need all of Superman to get all of the Kryptonian uh, codes? I I think it's probably just like let's play it safe and get as much as we can yeah. versus just okay. like getting a little bit of it. Because in my mind, for a long time, I thought it's like oh they got they already got a blood sample, so they have the codex. It's like um, uh, the Incredible Hulk film where they get a tiny bit of Banner's blood, and then the guy kind of like carbon copies it over and over. Yeah, to, he it's like abomination. Makes yeah. the dilutions and everything. Yeah, it's like, yeah. S- like synthetic versions yeah so i think okay that could have gone that way um but we'll get to those minutes yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. so Sorry. leave that out there for speculation <laughs> way ahead um so why does why does the robot like immediately attack well i was gonna say because when he walks in the console pops up too yeah yeah which is, I think it's just like, you know, when you go to the freezer section of the grocery store, they got those automatic lights and sometimes. the lights turn on? Well, I yeah. thought maybe the command key. The command key definitely like, controls it, but like... Well, no, like... Oh, like if it sends like the command key? as soon as he walked in, mm. maybe... It says, oh, here's a command key. Yeah. In pre- yeah, in the presence, so I should just, you know, open up the, the control panel. Yeah, that probably seems like it would work. But I think um, the robot... Uh, See, like, it, it kind of conflicted itself because the robot, you know, in previous, uh, I've read somewhere where, like, it, it has the sensors where it can sense if someone's a Kryptonian or it can sense if someone's, mm-hmm. like, a different species that, that you know, uh, you know, marks it as a threat. Where it kind of seems like if it had those sensors and it was, like, standing that close to cows for that such a long time, I feel like it should just sense it. Okay, that's a Kryptonian uh, maybe I shouldn't attack it. Maybe I should, you know, ask questions, you know, as the AI and say, like, what are you doing here? Versus just yeah. brute force. Because um, we never see anything about, like, this ship's default AI. No, not at all. Um, yeah, until, I guess, until the next movie where Alexander Luther's talking to it. And and he takes con- command yeah. of the ship and then... Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, these robots, I mean... It just seems like it should have already deemed him uh, Kryptonian Safe. and, you know, gone on to the to the helping aspect of it. But then maybe oh. maybe that's a little bit too passive for, for what they wanted these security robots to be. Yeah, they wanted to create yeah. some, uh, again, like the horror aspect, like suspense mm-hmm. and like, like there's some tent, like some action, some, uh, you know, it, it scares the audience a bit. Um, yeah. So I think it works. Um, but so, I... I, I cri- you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, I think the robot, because the console found the command key and it, like, it propped up, and then that's when the robot was like, oh, there's activity, and that's how he gets there. Hmm. Okay. Uh, has Kryptonian technology, like, Kryptonian USBs haven't advanced in 20,000 years? Because <laughs> they just, like, like, if I had a piece of, like, modern technology and tried to make it work with something from 20,000 years ago on Earth. Like, I can't plug anything in. I don't have anything. Like, I can't even make a DVD play on a computer from 20 years ago. Yeah. Maybe it was just at the... Yes, I don't know. I think I think command they, keys they are just universal. Apex. Yeah. Cause and the... so they created a universal system. Yeah. I think it's just always, like, if you have a command key, no matter what, it does just that. It's, it's a command key. And it will work with any sort of Kryptonian technology that 
allows for command key drive. <laughs> I think, and I think it's a like a continuity error, like story wise. Like, yeah, it is a super old ship. How has technology not advanced since then? But at the same time, if I'm trying to like figure a solution out, the command key is made out of liquid geo, which could like form itself again to kind of be compatible. So liquid geo is like an advanced enough material that um, all technology developed with liquid geo becomes compatible with each other. Yeah, it's like if if I needed my yeah, I'm trying to think if my, there's anything that my we can like relate iPhone to. charger to be. I can't even use the same iPhone charger like three generations of iPhone back. <laughs> but then yeah. it, but then it's like maybe I want to like I need my my phone to go into a computer that only has like a floppy disk drive. So then it like kind of morphs into a floppy disk and then it like it goes in. Okay. Or then I need it to go into like an AC plug-in. So then it like kind of morphs in. So like the the malleability of Liquid Geo is what allows for this this massive compatibility there's yes. nothing really that we can compare that to in our world other than I adapters think, yeah but i mean even like like double a triple a dc batteries haven't changed ever since all that so it's kind of okay. like that aspect but again that's it doesn't you know have information like a computer would it's just generating power for an electronic but you got a certain system that worked really well and so they were very consistent for a very long time yeah <laughs> But there's like a double A batteries. I was gonna say there's like, mm-hmm. uh, like I forget what it's called, but it's just like a it's a box that just has like five different like dongles that you can like plug in, like if you need like a USB port or like an like that's ex- that, that's like, the thing that exists because <laughs> because like, like an adapter box. Yeah, there's something out there because as like more Apple products come out and they like get rid of ports. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. There's like this company that created, like basically a box of dongles. You like plug your thing in, into that, and then there's like five cords just like on the other side that like. So you can switch it into an HDMI cord, yeah. or an aux cord, or or all of those. Kinds yeah, of things. exactly. But uh, what's the okay. initial plug-in? Like, what's the, the what's one? The, what's that, the single? The one that just I, well, goes no, into the computer. I think it's got. I, it's got like several initial plugins. So you've got like a USB plug-in, but also. Um, like an HDMI plug-in and uh, like a like a, a red, yellow, and white old-school audiovisual plug-in. And then they also have outputs. So you can transfer any input to any output. Oh, wow. See, like that's... That would be cool. <laughs> that's, that technology is beyond me. I'll have, to, I'll have <laughs> to find out what that's called. That's Kryptonian um, technology in my opinion. Hey, we're looking for a sponsor. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'd, I'd plug that. What is that thing called? Dongle box? What are we calling it? I think it? it's... it's I, I, I gotta look it up. Uh, I know Funhouse sometimes uh, plugs it, so... Alright. I, I have one other question about this minute. What is the actual, like, entrance to the ship? Like, how... So he, like, walks into this big hallway, and you get the establishing shot. Where is he walking from? Like, was there a ramp? Is it a ladder? Was there a tunnel that opened up? And an elevator? Yeah, see, like, what was it? I think in, in Dawn of Justice, like, Alexander Luther wasn't able to access a doorway into, like, that whole computer birthing chamber room without the fingerprints of Zod. So maybe he went up to the ship and just kind of touched a side of it. And since it's and it in working condition now, 20,000 years later, it just opened because it was like, oh, Kryptonian DNA? Okay. But then again, wouldn't the security droids 
be linked with that whole computer system and say, okay, a Kryptonian is, is entering the ship. Maybe we should try to see if we can assist him or I, her. I think Kalo broke in. You think he broke in? He, he busted the door open? Yeah, I think so. Because he walks out later in the movie after, you know, he, when he learns to fly and everything, he walks out oh, of yeah, a giant there, doorway. There is, like a, there is a, an elevator door later. So, but maybe for this one he had to pry something open. He found, like, an emergency hatch and, and pulled it open. Yeah, could, I, I think could so. Because, I mean, there, there's a little bit more of this next minute, so we can save it for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're getting some cool stuff next minute. Yeah, I think... Uh, did we ever call this ship by its actual name, Scout Ship 0344? We did no, now. No. What is it? <laughs> yeah. 0344? Scout Ship 0344, which is its four designation. Four. Yeah. Is there anything um, to that number? Um, when did this movie come out? I'm kidding. There's no 44. <laughs> I'm trying to think if, if like, there was anything significant for Superman in 1944, in like March 1944, but I don't know of anything. Uh, I'd have to. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. Wow. I don't yeah. know why I didn't even look into it. it I could should be like, about it. But that's that's five years after Superman was created. So I don't know what that would be. Someone's Unless gonna, that was the creation of the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Someone's gonna. Yeah. Someone's gonna be like, that's Maybe. when the Fortress of Solitude was introduced. Yeah. First appearance. I'll, I'll I'll look that up between uh between recordings. Yeah, All right. Cool. That's Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think what's happening in 1944. World War Two, yeah, punching well, Hitler, a giant yeah. war. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else for this minute? Uh, Hades, do you have anything else for this minute? Oh, He's gonna is. walk away. All right, since a little cat. Um, Andrew, I'm good. I think. I, I mean, one of the biggest things I I was taking away was was the look on Clark's face after all this, especially with like that whole that theme music is just always gets me. I I, I won't shut up about that, but. Like I said, we audience is at the same point as Clark right now, where it's this is a new discovery. We are just now seeing this inside of the ship, and it's just good. Like the look on his face, it just—I don't know. In my opinion, it just screams Superman, even though he's not in a suit. He's in like the the white Henley. It's just like it's it's good. It's like that this, that is Superman. Yeah, he definitely looks the part right here. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It's really good, and I, I mean, think the, the the setting as well with the alien ship and yeah. the robot fighting him, like it, that. To me, that's Superman. I'm really glad that the alien aspect is such a big deal in this franchise. Like you said, like it's going back to Superman lives and stuff. They probably just wanted to drive that home, where it's just not Superman uh, being both characters, Clark and Superman on Earth working at the Daily Planet. It's it's so alien and foreign to us that yeah. it's it's just. It really tells the story very well. Yep, agreed. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Um, cool. Alrighty, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and don't forget to follow us on all social media. DC EU Minute, and don't forget to check out Andrew's podcast, the Protagonist Podcast, and Disney Animation Minute Essentials. We'll catch you guys here on the next one here at DC Cinematic Minute.